Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. <laughs> I'm Melissa Edgington. <laughs> oh man, we've been trying to start this podcast, and we found—I think we finally got a keeper. We did it. We did it. Okay. Just uh, let that music continue to play. Is this working right? It doesn't look normal. Um. We're looking at the computer interface, and we can do it that way. Does that help? Yeah. Give them. So, well, it's good to be back. Uh, we're still trying to podcast once a week. That's what we're doing. Yeah. I'm joining you on a new microphone tonight. Um, I'm on the ElectroVoice RE16 with variable D. It's going to be, you know what that is? Variable D? No. That's my new rap name. I'm variable D. I'm here to say, I like to podcast in a very big way. I like to work on the microphone. Watch out, girls. I'm at home. Word. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid when I saw the rap button out <laughs> that it was going to be one of those kinds of podcasts. Yeah, it's one of those nights. I got the rap button going. Chad just made me watch a video about his new microphone. Yeah. And I started getting sleepy, and I was yawning. So you because, know, go ahead. I was just gonna say, it, you don't appreciate, you don't appreciate. How do you say that word again? <laughs> appreciate. Appreciate or appreciate? No, you say appreciate. Appreciate. Yeah, but it's appreciate. I think it's appreciate. Really? What yeah. about lean cuisine? <laughs> Did I say that right? That's how you say it. Cuisine. Lean cuisine. Lean with Quiz- Quiz- lean cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. So anyway, Chad I, has a few few little <clears throat> words that he has a hard time with. Cuisine. Cuisine. Ancient. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> no. Ancient. Yeah. Okay. Asterisk. 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 <laughs> Asterisk. What do people say? I don't know. Yeah, they so say little star. <laughs> that little star thing up there on the keyboard and just hit that. Um, supposedly. Was that not it? <laughs> supposedly. 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 Uh, we've, we've, you know, a lot of people mis-say that word. They mispronounce it. Supposedly. Is what they say. Yeah. And so we've always thought that was funny when somebody would say supposedly. And then we'd go back, sit back in the car and be like, supposedly, supposedly. And then we started saying it. And now when I'm trying to have intelligent conversations with people. You accidentally as, say As a it. guy who gets paid to talk for a living. And I say supposedly. Yeah. What's the other one? Supposedly and. Oh, I'm, I want to tell you something very Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, here's what I wanted to say. Chester drawers is another Chester one. drawers. You know, I n- I never had experienced Chester drawers until I was a lawyer and people would fill out inventories when somebody would die for their will. And they always write Chester and they would, drawers? It, well, they would write chest of drawers. Some folk would. And then the other ones would write Chester drawers, like they were Chesters. Yeah. Or that's the type of drawer. You have like regular drawers, then you have Chester drawers. Right. Yeah. The, I can see how you could make that mistake. Mm-hmm. Chester drawers. Yeah. And then you got, you know, the classics like Vienna, Vienna, Salmon, Salmon, you know, which I guess those are more like regional ways of pronouncing things. Yeah. Did you just get an email? <laughs> I got a Facebook message. Some Facebook messages. I love Facebook Messenger. Do you like it? I like it. It's so it. versatile. I don't think anyone is fully exploring all the possibilities of Facebook Messenger. <clears throat> yeah, because have you ever done a group video chat? Because that looks like fun. No, you can do that? Yeah. Okay, I want to do that. But I like video chat. And the phone calls on Facebook Messenger sound better than the phone. Yeah. They sound really clear. That's good. I love audio quality. That's why I'm using the RE16 tonight. Actually, what happened is the other microphone I've been using... I was doing some recording. Uh, I've written a new musical piece, Melissa. And uh, so I was trying to record this guitar song I wrote. And uh, 
Is it really writing when you don't know how to write music? You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> like, I don't know how to notate it. Yeah, because... So is it really writing? Or is it just making songs up? I mean, let's be honest. I guess it's not literally writing. Yeah, literally it's not writing. So you say, oh, I'm a songwriter, but I don't know how to don't know how to write and I was watching a Ben Shapiro video and he was talking about that about the Beatles he was like that would be like a uh what was the term a real a really great a really how do you say it like a really great novelist who didn't know how to write English (laughs) or something like that I was like yeah that's kind of true you know like a really great poet who didn't know how to type and that's kind of you know but some music's from the heart so it's in the ear Right. Yeah. So I can listen to music. I can write songs. I can tell are some better than others. So I was anyway. I digress. But I, don't you generally think that the the most recent song that you wrote is the best one that I've ever written? I mean, I just think that you think that when you write a song. Oh, that your I mean, that your I'm latest. About, you're saying your latest one is the best one you've ever written. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know if I feel that way exactly. Yeah. I think there's some other ones I think are better, but it's your favorite. The last one you wrote is always your That's favorite song. That's the one song. you want to play. Yeah, a lot. it's the one you want to hear, and you're just kind of fascinated with it, and then you forget about it. Right. We could play that when when the podcast ends. We could play the song. We could. We could share it with the audience. So I have a big idea for this song because right now the song is just an instrumental. Has no has no lyrics. But I think it's such a beautiful melody and so i think what we should do is we should have a a competition and you write words and i write words and sawyer writes words because our nine-year-old wants to write he tried today and he was it was almost heartbroken he came in and said he couldn't do it oh he got he said daddy i tried i just can't do it i think he put too much expectations on himself oh yeah you know like he writes songs about pickles and stuff like that Electric pickle. Electric pickle, and you know, yeah. I think when he was really trying to make a serious song, he just didn't quite have the words. Yeah, but I don't have the words for it either. I don't. I can't hear any, when I listen to it. I don't hear any words. Do you hear any words? I was kind of hearing maybe an idea today. Okay. when I was listening. All right. Well, I'll write a song about. I'll I'll put lyrics about pickles in it. But <laughs> I've never been. I've never been good at writing songs. Mm, no. I um. Have, I mean, I'm saying me neither. It's hard. Writing I have songs written is hard. some songs. Yeah. But I've always felt I would be better at writing the words. I have let, thought that too. And yeah. let other people write the music. Yeah, so maybe maybe we would be like Lennon McCartney. Collaboration. Yeah, although they didn't really collaborate. We'd be a true collaborative effort, like right. like uh, Elton John and the guy he writes with, Bernie Toppin, right? One writes the music and one writes the words. Yeah. Or Fanny Crosby and Which the, I was really disappointed when I found out. It was only about a year ago <clears throat> that I learned that Elton John doesn't write any of the lyrics to his songs. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So crazy. That's weird. Anyway, so I was trying to say my other microphone somehow when I was doing that broke or just sounded terrible. Was Mm -hmm. making all sorts of noises, and so I plugged in this one to see what it would sound like, and looked it up. It's just an old microphone that I found in a closet at church, and uh, you know hasn't been used in. I mean, I'm sure this this microphone literally. I'm speaking literally here. Okay. Has not been used. In decades, it's just been in a closet. They've been using more modern equipment, and yet this microphone is legendary. It's a legendary Electro Voice product, and it still works. We have several from at the church, but some of them have corroded. Mm-hmm. This one sounds pretty good, so I was trying. There may be some applications for it. We could use it on drums or maybe mic a guitar. I don't know. Just. But right now, I'm going to talk in it. The sky's the, the limit. The sky's the limit. For this microphone's going big places. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. Right now, this microphone is on the way to being used in a fifth Sunday singing in some capacity. Man, this oh very man. microphone I'm speaking on. Dreams do come true. Yeah, this little microphone's probably been wondering, when am I going to get a chance again Yeah. to be, you know, to have someone sing into me sweet southern gospel music? That sounds like a great idea for an <clears throat> animated film. Yeah, the microphone that got used again. I think we could come up with a catchier title. Yeah, maybe maybe so. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we'll play the song at the end of the podcast, and you can uh, you can see what you think. I th- uh, when I played it for Sawyer, I said, what kind of song do you think that is? What do you hear when you hear the song? 
And he did say he thought it was a Christian song. Yeah. So. I do too. Yeah. Um, and just, just to clarify, you know, you were recording this song while children were running around. Oh yeah, that's the thing is, you know, so I did get these microphones. I, I have one that's a fairly nice microphone and then the RE16. And uh, is that what it's called? It is called that, right? Can you see it? I'm going to lift it up here. Make some noise. Yeah. The RE, the RE16. So, uh, you, and, it, and, it's, and it's all in stereo. Uh, I record two channels at once. One I record the left side of my guitar on, and one I record the right side of my guitar on. So it's all, and then multi-track. And so every single one of the multi-tracks, you were getting the kids ready for bed. There's a door slamming during part of the song. You can hear the kids running through, screaming. So yeah. it sounds like our house whenever you're trying to do something creative. And, <laughs> and the other night when I was, real, I was kind of working the melody out, remember I was just kind of noodling around on it, and I was recording the chords to it so I could play the instrumental over the top of it. And as I was recording one of those tracks, apparently the baby, the youngest one, cried out for you in from her room like she does sometimes when we do the podcast mama mama so that got recorded and then i kept listening to it over and over again and recording other tracks and so then i kept hearing her not realizing that that was a recording of her <laughs> so the whole time i'm sitting here trying to be creative i'm, I'm growing more and more angry that she keeps crying out for you <laughs> Because as I listen to it played back over and over again, she cries back every time I play the song. So I finally throw my headphones down. I'm like, I'm going to take care of this. And you're, you looked at me like, what are you, what's wrong with you? Yeah. So, so this is, you know, who, what, 20 or 30 minutes after the fact, maybe? Yes, I had already taken care of the problem. <laughs> I didn't hear that part, though. <laughs> so I went in the room, and she was still awake, and I said, if you cry out like that one more time, you just wait and see what happens. And she looked at me like, what? <laughs> I haven't made any noise for 30 minutes. I'm just laying here. <laughs> and I went back into the living room of Melissa and said, I took care of that already. You're hearing the recording of it. And I was like, oh, gosh. But, you know, it sounded so, it sounds real. Yeah. If you listen to it with headphones on, it feels like you're in the room. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So listen to that, and it's not perfect. I still, when I was recording it, I flubbed a few things, but you can kind of get the idea. It needs some words. If you want to submit some, maybe there's a wordsmith out there with some co-writing credit. Maybe. Yeah. I've been known to make like 16 cents a year in royalties. I make so little in royalty money. It's usually just percentages of pennies that they don't even send you any money. Yeah. Oh, well. So don't worry about that. Well, there was something on. What was that? The other air conditioner. Oh, yeah. Now it sounds good. Should we start over? No. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. Y'all can't even hear that, but I can hear I can hear all these things. Anyway, uh, since we've just burned through about 13 minutes of nothing. <laughs> talking about a microphone. Talking about microphones and recording songs and everything. Okay, we want to talk about something important here. Melissa had the idea. She wrote a blog that you might have seen. That's, uh, I guess it's your current blog right now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And you want to tell us what that was about? Um, the blog post was about um, a wedding that you recently did where we were kind of in the middle of a little argument right as you were about to start the wedding like minutes before the wedding and so we were in your office trying to hash out you know this argument before you get up there because it's really hard to get up and preach whenever you've got something like that you mm. know i don't like to do that going on i gotta i gotta have my mind i gotta feel like i'm gonna go out there and no one's mad at me right you know yeah it needs to be everybody needs to be getting along right or you feel like you're not you just can't do it I can't do it. So we were in the office just I kind can't of... fake it. We were going, okay, let's just deal with this right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then we deal with it and it was like, you're still mad though. You're still mad. No, I'm not. I'll get over it. You're mad though. Well, forget it. Forget the whole thing. I'll just go fake it out there. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> I was like, because I was like, you just want me to go out there and act like, like everything's fine. I'm happy. Say your vows. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't leave it that way though. 
No, we didn't leave it. I don't, I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't remember things when they're done. I remember feeling weird or, but I don't remember exactly what was said or how, Yeah. but it all seems so stupid when you get on the other side of an argument, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Every time. But I think the idea of your blog was what I took from it was you just almost, when you've got to go minister, you just can't afford to have, to be in that state of mind for very long. Right. Yeah, the post was kind of about how... Well, one reason I wanted to write that post is because I write a lot about marriage, about our marriage. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, maybe I write too much about it. I don't know. But, I mean, when I blog, I write about what I feel like writing about. I mean, I don't have any grand strategies or plans the way some bloggers do. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) some bloggers have, whoa, whoa, a little feedback there. (laughs) Some bloggers have a, um, some bloggers have like a, um, what'd you say? They probably plan it out. Like I'm going to, I'm going to have a post on this, I have a post on this. And you don't even know usually what you're going to write about until you sit down. Do you? That's exactly right. Yeah. Is that, is that bad? Are you ashamed to admit that? Um, no, not really. I mean, I I think it depends on what kind of blog you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um I think that's I think that's the best way to be. It's spontaneous. Anyway, so the point is I write a lot about marriage and, and you don't want writing about marriage to seem like a mirage. I never want to give the impression that we never argue or that we have the perfect marriage or that um you know we think we've achieved some unattainable, you know No, we're pathetic. Glory yeah. of marriage we're or something. We're awful, awful people. We, we, but one thing about us is I think that is that we both hate fighting. Yeah. And so that helps because that keeps us from fighting very much. Right. We just like to be in a good place. Yeah. So, but, so the, the idea I had tonight was to think about, um, sort of what it's like to be a pastor let me go back one. So do you, do you think people fighting? Do you think that's? Do you think it's selfish when couples fight, or do you think it's helpful? Well, I'm a big believer in working things out, mm-hmm. and sometimes the way you have to work things out is going to be an argument. Yeah. So I don't think you should. You know, we have no. We have friends who are now divorced. Who never more than one couple. Who never had a conflict resolved. Who they were just very true. polite. Yeah, they true. never worked through anything. True, true. So you have to work through it. You can't. You can't. You have to be committed to working through conflicts. Working through conflict is painful and hard. But you don't have to be ugly and mean like we, you know, can tend to get. Right. And petty. You don't want to so. say things that are going to be hard to forget. forget yeah. We learn all this the hard way. Marriage, it's hard. I hate to break it to you, but I want you to know that it's true. Try not to argue. Word. <laughs> yeah. Man, like that? that was a wise rap right yeah, there. I was trying to really work the rhymes out in my head before the beat came. Did it work? No, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. I used to be a pretty good rhymer, but I, I don't ever do it enough. Yeah. So you thought tonight it would be helpful for people in ministry to, I interrupted you mid-thought there. So so my thought was people maybe don't don't think about the fact that the pastor might be dealing with an argument with his wife mm. two minutes before he gets up there to yeah. preach, you yeah. know. Um, so I thought it would be fun maybe to talk about, we've been in full-time ministry now for about nine years. And so I thought it might be fun to talk about what it's like, or maybe some things that have surprised us, or I really would like for it to be for the pastors and pastors' families who are listening, maybe an encouragement. And for for the guys that are in seminary. Or thinking that are aspiring to be an elder someday that are wondering, can we do that? I mean, what is that? I mean, that's what I used to feel like. Right. I think I aspired to be an elder. And then when you think about it, you wonder, am I really qualified to do this? I can't imagine my, I could not imagine myself getting up into a pulpit and talking for 25 to 30 minutes about something. Right. And now I, I can't, 
imagine only talking for 25 or 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And all the church members said, amen. Um, But so I would want it to be an encouragement, you know, to say, hey, if you're doing this too, we understand, like we f- we feel you. Mm-hmm. We know what it's like, but also we've been there for church members. Maybe it would help you to understand a little more what's going on with your pastor and his family, or just to think about some things maybe that you haven't thought about regarding them. Because I know that before we were in this position, I very much misunderstood my pastor's wives. Um, I even wrote a post about that a couple of years ago about how sorry I was, the expectations that I had for Mm -hmm. my pastor's wives that were so unrealistic. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hardly even thought of them as as people. People, Um, So anyway, I thought it might be fun to talk about what it's like to be in the ministry. Okay. But what I don't, you know, here's, here's the thing, is that if you get on the internet and you start reading, if you Googled, Things, things your sh- pastor wants you to know. Things you should know about something. your pastor. Yeah, things it, your pastor wants you to know. It always, to me, comes across as a, like a gripe fest. Yeah, it's a little bit whiny. And I, I do not want to do that because you know what? Every job out there that people have is hard. Everybody, everybody got problems. It's hard to go to work. Mm-hmm. It really is. And so I would never want to paint ministry life as if it is more difficult than other jobs. Mm-hmm. Because everybody has hard stuff to do in their job and in their life. Right. So this is not meant to be, like, oh, why, look why? how hard it is no. to be a pastor. Because we f- actually feel the opposite way of that. Yeah. Well, we, we, now we had, a, we had an experience where I was a lawyer and, you know, working long hours, going to court all the time, always tired, always stressed, dealing with people's problems, temporal problems, I guess you could say. Um, and when we went into the ministry, we felt like it was uh, like coming up for air. Right. You know, so it was actually much easier than what we, what I, it seemed to me that perhaps it was because I'm more cut out for ministry or that was my calling. It was kind of gotten to where I was doing what I was made to do by the Lord, but it was just the schedule was easier. So we've, we've always kind of had that uh, you know, maybe someone's listening says, well, then you're doing it wrong. I don't think so. I just think it, you know, it's, uh, there was a, it seemed like things were, here's what I'll describe it. In the ministry, what's different about it than other jobs is that you're really being, um, you're, you're being paid at a certain point for who you are almost more than what you can do. You agree? That's a scary thing about it, but that is that is something about it that might make it a little different than other jobs. So we got another message. That's okay. Don't worry about it. So, uh, you know, if you look at those qualifications, which happens to be what I'm preaching through right now, qualifications for elders and deacons, what their character qualities. Mm-hmm. They talk about who a person is. And so you're, you're preparing your whole life for this position. From when you're a little boy going to Sunday school, all of that winds up being being something that prepared you to be a minister. Um, youth camp and all these experiences. I mean, really, how helpful was it for me just to kind of listen to music and learn songs? Mm-hmm. You know, just So when we come to a church and you're the song leader, I'm the song leader as well as the pastor, um, you know, you just know the songs. I mean, I know most of them, and there's a lot of them I don't know, but... For the most part, you know, whatever the repertoire is at a church, you know 70 or 80% of it when you walk in the door. Right. Which that's, you know, it's you're just, but you've learned that over 20 or 30 years, just paying attention, uh, showing up for church. <clears throat> so it's you're getting paid for, for almost the totality of your life circumstance. You're getting paid for who you are. You're never off the clock. But in, for me, that's easier for me to never be off the clock than to just regim, you know, be punching a clock. And you, you know, some guys like to go in, punch in at this certain time. When they punch out, they don't have to worry about it again until they punch in again. Mm-hmm. I'm just not wired that way. Uh, I like being at work. I like being at work when I go to the grocery store. It's a great chance to see people because I like to talk to people. Mm-hmm. You know. Now I will say that. <clears throat> 
I can really see how ministry would be so much harder for people who are introverts. Oh, yeah. But they make good ministers. They, because yeah, they're they so do. Thoughtful. They're very they're sensitive. So much, and they're they're so much smarter than... I mean, they're, a lot of us that, that seem to excel at ministry... Not that, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I don't know that I'm excelling at it, but it, it, we haven't had a bad experience. Yeah. Because of blah 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 all the time talking, talking, talking. People, per, it's a relational, you know. But really, you have to make sure that your people person skills don't take the place of actual spiritual work because mm-hmm. it can. Mm-hmm. You can get by as a pastor with good relational skills, but that's not what they called you to do. They didn't call you to be, to just be a great social butterfly. Right. They called you to minister and, and teach them the word. So there, that is, there is something, there's a delicate line there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and extroverts sometimes get the point of it, even though the people don't understand it. Like this guy, he's maybe a great teacher, um, but because he does, they don't feel warm and fuzzy around him. They think he's not a good pastor. He might right. be the best pastor they ever had if they would just listen to him and not put those expectations on him. But it is, I would say it's a little easier. If you're a people person, it is easier. Right. Because it's a, it's a people job. Right. Church is made up of folks. But, uh, yeah, there's that line. So uh, we have not, I was going to say in, in this um, aspect of it, when you look at those blogs online, a lot of them are, uh, probably written those articles after someone's had a bad experience, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And I think maybe one of the reasons we tend to kind of poo-poo those when we see them is that we have had all good experiences. Right. Don't you think? Yeah. Okay, so we have, we've been... So far, so good. So far, so good. <laughs> now, I say, I was to say that, and I think, well, I could have a bad experience, and how would I feel? And I can, all, I can understand how they think hey, we laid ourselves out here, we made ourselves vulnerable, we gave ourselves this community, we gave ourselves this church, and then we have a bad experience. Um, so uh, we speak as you know, people who've really, every church we've been in, we've been in a bunch. It's been great. Mm-hmm. You know, so God's really blessed us there because it, all it takes is a, you, know, you just need a couple of rotten people probably to ruin your experience at a church. And we've just been fortunate to be in churches and blessed to be in churches where, I mean, they've all been incredible. Yeah. So, um, here, I'm, I'm conducting the interview. Melissa keeps stealing my sheet, my cheat sheet. I thought you wanted me to talk. I'm going to try to get you in there. I'm, I'm trying to work I'm you in. Try- I want to talk about the next I'm, thing. I'm going I'm to I'm ask you questions. I'm working you in. <laughs> I'm working you into this. So, uh, that's all I, I wanted to say that. So, I got that off my chest. So, now tell me about... <laughs> <laughs> So tell me about no magic shift. What do you mean there? Well, that was your note. Right, but I wanted you to expound on it. These what? are all my notes, by the way, <laughs> because someone didn't take notes before she start, started her big podcast. Okay, so that note is about how, you know, we were doing other things. We weren't in, in full-time ministry. <laughs> That sounded like somebody got shot. (laughs) And and then we were. And it's kind of like we went to bed one night and you were not a pastor. And the next morning you were a pastor. Yeah, weird. And I was the pastor's wife. And you would expect that when something like that happens, that maybe God would infuse you with some kind of special abilities or some Mm -hmm. kind of spiritual Mm-hmm. greatness or something but that does not happen you wake up that morning of the first morning that you're a pastor and a pastor's wife exactly the same person that you were <laughs> when yeah. you went to bed the night before yeah so it is so strange i mean it takes a long time even to think of yourself as the pastor's wife in my case mm-hmm. i mean it's just such a weird feeling to yeah. know that you're the pastor's wife. Yeah, for some people, and then some people just don't think anything of it. They don't. They, you say I'm a pastor, they don't really care. You know, I, I don't know that the position even carries with it sort of the respect. Oh that yeah, it used well I wasn't to. talking about yeah. respect. I was just yeah. talking about as far as what your duties would <clears throat> as be, as far as my feelings about yeah. it. You yeah. know, it seemed like such a big thing to oh, become sure. the pastor's wife. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I was just still just 
a dork. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still just have all your hangups and your, I mean, whenever you, you become the pastor, it's the same thing. You think, oh, once I'm finally the pastor, I'll be a lot more spiritual. And then you realize you're still not spiritual. I think that, you know? I think maybe there are even more obstacles to spiritual <clears throat> discipline. It's much, when I'll you're say this, it's a lot easier to study your Bible when you're not a pastor. Because yeah. there's not people always interrupting you. Right. I mean, it's true. That is one thing you could study a lot hard. I studied a lot, lot. I was able to study a lot more not being a pastor. I don't know why it's so hard. There are a lot of distractions. And life has changed. We've gotten older. Kids have gotten older. Things have gotten busier. Yeah. I mean, this is, you just go through things. We just got to work it out no matter what the season of life is. Same with seminary. I thought there would be some magic thing about seminary. And it was just like grad school. I mean, it was great. But I thought, oh, yeah, once you go to seminary, like they give you the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're like, well, uh, open up your Bible and look at this. It's like, oh, really? So I've had the secrets the whole time. <laughs> it's a, you got to read the secrets. That's the thing, right? Study them. So um, some p- things that people, uh, some that they'll write about these blogs so we can maybe address some of these things. Um, do you believe that ministry is lonely? Are you asking me that? Yeah, that was, yeah. That, was. that has not been my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know there are a lot of pastor's wives who feel that way, but I think it depends on the culture of your church, maybe. Mm-hmm. I have been so blessed um, in the two churches we've been in and full-time ministry I have honestly felt like that the girls my age have treated me just like any other person yeah. their age. Very welcoming, very kind, and inviting me to things, you know, and all that. It's probably harder for the pastor's wife to make friends or to instantly have that sort of instant fellowship maybe than it is for the pastor, right? Because the wife is at home. She's not in the office. She's not. I think it could be that way for sure. Maybe. I don't know. I do, I, I do see that people have those, that loneliness. Some pastor stuff is real lonely. It's lonely at the top. That's true. There's maybe nobody. But, but that it's, has not just, it's just not been my experience. Do you ever have the fear, though, that, that there's some, sometimes I worry, you know, like would they, I know they invite me all the time to their things they're doing, but I wonder if they ever just kind of wish that I didn't go. Yeah. You know, would their conversation be different? Would they be more relaxed or something? Yeah, yeah. I feel that way every time we go on vacation. What? That I wish you weren't there. Because <laughs> <laughs> then it would be a real vacation. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I'm, I'm going just, on vacations just, with you. Just kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I think. No, I. I think, I've got an idea. You take vacation with the three kids, that, 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 and that, I'll that, stay real, here. Real vacation. <laughs> no, I think the. Um, I th- I think more more likely, or what the case probably more often is, is there are things that you're not invited to, or that you can't go to, that you that you know you can't go to because it would be a stumbling block for other people. Right. That that is kind of lonely, right? That's a lonely. That's lonely when you when you think, well. I should, we shouldn't go to that, or they're, they're not going to invite us to that. They're not going to tell us about it, and they won't talk about it with us. But if you find out about it, you know, then you're... Are you, are you you're talking about things where people are going to be drinking? Drinking, or just, I don't know. I mean, that's the main thing, I think, is if they're going to use alcohol as a beverage. And they think, well, gosh, we don't want the pastor around here where we're drinking. Right. And then you feel like, well, I might not, I might not want to be around there when you're doing that. Right. But, you know, you feel like you're... You, and that doesn't, I don't know how often that even would happen. Yeah. You know, but it, it certainly I don't feel like happens in a, in the, among the people that we're the closest to. But anyway, that's, that's something I can see where that would be a situation or can come up. Um, relationship issues. Uh, is it hard to have friends and be in the ministry? That hasn't been our experience. Mm-hmm. But I think that that there are some pastors out there who believe that they should not have close friends. Why do you think they believe that? Because they've been burned by it. 
I mean, I think normally that's the experience or can that be. can be an experience people have. I think your, your, your uh, opinion on that probably changes once that's got you in major trouble right. by having a friend, someone, oh, you just favored this one person or they're the people that you always hang out with or that it causes somebody problems. They think, well, I can't have friends, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think some don't want friends. Some, some people say, I don't want the, the obligations that go along with the friendship. Um, I think some, you know, Baptist life is, Southern Baptist life is people don't stay around in a church very long. So if you're moving every three to five years, you could have that opinion of, well, we don't get to know people because we're, well, we're going to be moving on, mm. you know, and that you can't, you can't do that either. No, I can't live that way. No, you have to, you have to go into every situation thinking we're going to be here forever. Right. And that's just the mindset you, you. But we're really blessed in Olney because I feel like that our church is, <clears throat> they want us to be happy mm-hmm. here you know yeah. and so they're not going to begrudge us any friendships nobody you know? yeah because yeah. they know that we need friendships yeah that's true that and maybe that's the thing when you're saying maybe you could think about your pastor a certain way is they want they you know of course everybody just has people that they just have better ki- chemistry with that yeah. you just have friends that you that are easier to be friends with than others right and everybody's got those people that it's easy to be friends with. The pastor finds those people, too, where it's just an easy friendship, things in common. Right. That's who you hang out. You know, you hang out with them. But you don't do that to the exclusion of other people necessarily. Right. Um, you know, and I think we've always tried to be very inclusive and, and you know, be, you know uh, here, here's a word of warning for pastors, though. Um, if, you, if you do something with people and, you, and, not, and not everybody's invited... Maybe don't put that on your Facebook page, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's gotten you know that you, that starts hurting people's feelings. Think, well, why weren't we invited to that? You right. Know? Um, don't and and try and try to be inclusive. Like don't don't play favorites with people. Right. I think you know you don't want people to think that you play a favorite. That's not good. Um, what was what was the? Uh, I'm trying to read my handwriting here. Sundays, you know, Sundays can be stressful. <laughs> that pastor and his little click make just stress everything out. No, <laughs> Sundays can be stressful. What do you think about that? I think Sundays can be stressful for a lot of people, church members and yeah. Ministers. Try the people that have been at work for eighty hours that week that yeah. still come and do all their duties on Sunday. Yeah, and then, buddy, you're you're taking a day off in the week, and in our case, we we'll work a half day Friday. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, these guys complain. But I mean, Sundays are a hard day for a pastor. It's not, but it's not the Sunday that's. It's It's tiring because of the amount of teaching that you have to do. Well, teaching is tiring. Preaching is tiring. Yeah. Because because especially when you do it, um, you know, I've moved towards more extemporaneous preaching and teaching. That really does make you brain tired. Mm -hmm. You know, and you do find yourself looking forward to. Monday, so Monday I'll be able to catch my breath um, and not have to think so hard. But, you know, um, I think preparing and delivering the lessons and the messages and everything, leading the music, whatever your duties are, can be um, tiresome. There but, are people in our church that are up there pretty much as much as we are yeah. doing things and you know we just had vacation bible school we have an evening vbs and we had people who had worked all day since early in the morning come up there and teach kids vbs for three hours at yeah. night so yeah. i mean so when you see that you don't think oh my life is so hard right so i don't know i think, I think there's something about a minister uh listen to like an alistair Begg sermon he said you know ministers tend to whine and recline <laughs> <laughs> that there's a great tendency of a minister to be lazy. And I do see that. I mean, it's, it can be a job where nobody quite knows what you do and they're afraid to ask maybe. Um, and so... However, I will say that pastors do work a lot more than just on Sunday morning. You know, even like, though that's the old joke. That's the joke you know, I always say. That they always, just work one day a when week. I, whenever I get a chance, I always joke with people. I say, oh, yeah, I just work one week. I'm, I'm invisible six days and in, incomprehensible on the seventh. That's my joke. <laughs> Of course, I don't think I don't necessarily think that's true, but um, and maybe there are a lot of things that people don't see that you do 
but you know you don't need to tell you don't need to broadcast everything that you do because then that's your reward is you got to broadcast it right so <clears throat> gotta watch your heart on that there are a lot of things that all church members do that people don't see sure i mean it's just and sundays can be stressful uh, you know it is it's i would just say sundays matter and so they if they weren't stressful that's a problem if you look at sunday like it's just a nothing's going to happen nothing will happen so you should there should be a build up towards well, Sunday. Well, you should feel the the weight of it and the yeah, importance of it. Exactly. So I don't think it's as bad as as uh, some of these blogs make it out to be. Uh, don't be discouraged if you're going in the ministry because there are great experiences out there, and I you know I'm sure we'll have and you and you do hit hiccups. I mean I wouldn't sit here and say we've never had a single bad experience. There have been bad things or discouraging things that have happened, but you have to keep all of it in a perspective. Right. If one person out of 200 people says something to you that you don't like, it's one person right. out of 200 people. Exactly. And if somebody says, hey, everyone's t- everyone's worried about this, and you find out who the everyone is, it's like two people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two people can be everyone in a Southern Baptist church if you listen to the right person. And it's just not the way it is. Yeah. So most, most people are perfectly tickled with the job that you're doing. You just have to be, um, you know... Aware or cognizant of that fact that most people at any given time are not worried about what you're doing. Right, and I I cannot stress enough how important it is for you to encourage your pastor and his family because you know we get so much encouragement and all the I mean it's crazy every day and everywhere we've been in Wake Village too everywhere we've been yeah every day someone will message us send us a note in the mail you know leave us a comment on Facebook or something you know just a just a little encouragement of hey we love y'all we're glad you're here mm-hmm. and it really makes a difference yeah. and and you never know whenever your pastor's had a discouraging comment even if it was something small, it can really eat at you, you know. Yeah. That's and another thing about those blogs is you can you can see after having done this for what what is it, eight years or something like that that we've been doing this, eight, almost nine full time, is it usually isn't the thing that hurts your feelings or whatever, it's usually not that big of a deal. Right. It's just something little and you let it eat on you. Mm-hmm. And then you can wind up writing a blog about how hard it is to be a minister. Yeah. You know, and it's it, I I think just keeping that keeping all that in uh, in a perspective and the, the people that bless you, uh, I hope they get a blessing out of it too, you know, of loving their pastor well. I know there's got to be some big reward for that, don't yeah. you think? In heaven, they're like you you liked your pastor. We we have a lady <sighs> in our church who it, it, I mean her gift is obviously encouragement. And she sent both of us separate cards in the mail this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. With just an encouraging word, yeah. you know, and it just makes such a difference. Yeah. So, so be be encouraged there. It's not uh, it's not as bad as they say. Being being in the ministry is, it's it's just such a joy. It, it really is. It, yeah, and and especially if you're if you know you're called to do it. Yeah, and you you know well this is what we this is what we're supposed to do. I think it was easier for us because we had done other things first, mm-hmm. and so we were we were looking at it maybe in a different way than someone who's been a lifetimer, you know, just got out of college and just went right into the ministry. Mm-hmm. I think there is some benefit to doing something else first if that's yeah, or at least it's worked out well for us. I wouldn't say that for everybody, but right. God will. You don't, and you that. don't ever want to get a, an attitude about your congregation as if, you know, they just don't get it because they're not in the ministry. You've always got to remember, you know, what these people are doing. I mean, what whatever you see them doing at church, they've got a whole other world of life out there. The people counting on them and doing jobs and managing things. And, yeah, and then yeah. they're coming to church yeah. and they're helping you yeah. and they're encouraging which, you. Which that they're... helped us as well, is saying, okay, how, how do we make a calendar? What do we do? And it's like, well, we don't meet to death because we, you know, you feel like when you're working a r- regular job, you feel like you're being, you're being going to meetings. Yeah, we don't want to waste people's time. And it felt like that a lot of things that you do just aren't spiritual. Mm-hmm. We just don't want to mess with that anymore. 
Yeah. You know, let's do things that are spiritual. It's, I like to, these days, it seems like finding times just to get together with people and, and read the Bible and study the Bible. And I'm being encouraged by guys who are just really, you know, and they're working in other places and they're digging into the Word. And it's very encouraging to me that people are asking questions. What do you think about this or that? Can we talk about this? That's the stuff you want to be doing. Right. You know, and and that doesn't always take place. In, so if that means, for our church, I guess what that's meant is our church doesn't have a choir, you know, and... If, if it came down to somebody saying, would you rather have a choir or would you rather study the Bible with people? Well, I mean, I sure love choir, but I, what, what's the most beneficial thing? It's probably yeah. the spiritual work. Right. Not that a choir is not spiritual, but uh, if you've got to take one over the other, take the discipleship mm-hmm. over a singing group. Yeah. So, well, it's been good. Any, any parting words that you have for the, the listening audience? I would just say, you know, don't don't put your pastor and his wife on on a pedestal. I mean, res- respect your pastor as a leader of your church, but don't um, don't fail to see them as real people, because that's what I was guilty of in the past mm-hmm. before we became these people, yeah. and I realized that you know they have weaknesses, they have sin problems. They have insecurities, you know, Mm. they want to be accepted and loved. They want friendship. They want to be happy. You know, there are all these things that. And and we really do want to be able to live out the Christian life authentically. And that means that when we sin, that we confess it, we deal with it. We're, you know, I think it's a pastor. You feel like you can't be open. And not every sin is a public sin that needs to be confessed from the pulpit or anything like that. That's not the case at all. But allow the pastor to be somewhat vulnerable in in that way don't have don't put him on the don't worship him or put him on the pedestal realize he's a sinner too and Uh, and try not to hold hold um things against them too much because chances are if you have been been offended in some way it was unintentional mm -hmm. because i don't know any pastor or his wife that want to have conflict, that want to cause problems. Yeah. If you've got a pastor's wife that enjoys conflict, you're not called to the ministry because <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> so I, I, maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't know. You're just going to have a really rough time with it. <laughs> well, say you may be called to the ministry, but you won't have a job for very long. <laughs> say it that way. No, those, uh, you definitely want a, a pastor's wife that loves the people too. It doesn't like to fight with them. Yeah. But, you know, there have been some very successful pastors that had uh, some wives that were um, um, notorious. I don't want to mention any names, Betty Criswell. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I don't know if if what we've said here has helped in any way, but it's been interesting to hear your thoughts on it, Chad. Yeah, so I don't know. Well, I guess in parting, I would say... I went to Wendy's to get a Frosty. I found out my wife is so foxy. She's a pastor's wife. She's a pastor's wife. She likes to do things all the time, like get out the Bible and make up rhymes. Pastor's wife. She's my pastor's wife. Word. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's pretty good, right? Very romantic. Yeah, that's... <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap this podcast up, and uh, we'll wrap it up by playing the... Oh, my, look at that, our little headphone amplifier is making noise. No one else can hear that yeah, but us. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, we'll play the uh, the new song. that doesn't. What do you call it? Do you have a name for it? I don't. I just call it the sad song. No, it's not sad. The happy, the peaceful song. It's a peaceful song. It is peaceful. The peaceful it's song. It's soothing. All right, so have a great week. We'll see you later. Bye.